Hey everybody, so before we jump into today's podcast, I just wanted to A, thank you guys, give you a little bit of a reminder. If you enjoy this content, however you're watching it, consuming it, please like, follow, subscribe, whatever you gotta do, comment on it. If you can, leave us a review. It really helps us out and it can help grow our platform and reach more people. And if you know someone that can benefit from this, please share it with them. If you have a question, if you wanna reach out to us, let us know. And then lastly, we have all of our amazing programs, courses, and coaching available in the resources below. So check that out. Definitely take advantage of it. We have everything from free options all the way up to paid programs and everything in between to fit pretty much anyone's budget. And it's just a matter of how customized it's going to be based on the price point. So there's really something for everybody. Thank you guys. Let's get on into the episode. Yeah, fighters. What's up, everybody? Episode 132 of the Life Fighter Podcast. It's Mike here, and I am joined by the most special guest, little baby Lena Maria. She's going to be sitting here by my side because Mama Dukes is taking a nap right now, and I got to get some work done. We got to get this podcast going. So figured she'd be a special guest to have on. Don't mind a little oohs and ahs and little coos that she's going to be having in here. We're still going to get the podcast done. And today's topic is going to be eating disorders and some of the different uh, issues that we're facing currently. Also, just what those are, some strategies to combat them, and just a little bit of awareness because this is something that I find is seldomly talked about as much as all the other topics that we can look at with nutrition, but it's just as important, if not one of the most important topics that we could discuss because it's a prevalent thing. 1%, uh, anywhere from 1% to 4% of our population is reported to have some kind of eating disorder, and specifically 1% of female adolescents reportedly have anorexia nervosa while 4% of college-age women have bulimia. And honestly, those are just the numbers that are being medically reported to professionals in medical cases. That's really no accurate representation of what's happening in the actual world because most cases aren't being medically reported or documented or anything like that. So it could be significantly more, partially more, we don't know. So that's just what's being reported. And what's interesting about this is that three times more likely let me rephrase that i'm talking like yoda here women are three percent i'm sorry three times more likely to have some kind of eating disorder than men so even though we see it more prevalently in women i also don't want to exclude men from this as well because especially when we're talking about believe it or not fighters or weight-based athletes this is something that really has to be considered because you know, I've even myself, like I look at it like, you know what? There are definitely times, especially post fight, where you, if you look up uh, bulimia and binge eating and some of these definitions, that I could totally relate to, you know, eating uncontrollably and then f- like fasting afterwards or doing excessive hard exercise afterwards. Now, again, there's a spectrum to this, there's extreme cases and there's less extreme, and uh, there's different ways we can look at it. And we'll get into that a little bit more, but I just kind of wanted to, to break that topic down. Before we get into those, we'll go over some new sponsors we got some new things to go over i'm excited about but as always this episode and every episode is brought to you by the life of a fighter shop that's where we have all of our awesome supplements training sessions online pro coaching our fitness nutrition vaults up there and specifically for our pro coaching we have slots open we're opening up even we might even i'm push a couple more open because i'm bringing in some more coaches that i want to get involved so constantly updating that check out that if you haven't heard of our pro coaching program from 
any of the other episodes for whatever reason. That's where we're going to be doing custom nutrition training, overall health programming for your goals and needs. And one of the biggest things I wanted to talk about is kind of a new way I want to kind of explain what we're doing is behavioral-based goals or behavioral-based actions that are derived to get us to outcome-based goals. So what that means, it's a fancy way of saying basically, if you want to get leaner, we define what's leaner mean to you. Okay, is that 10% body fat? Boom, we get it. We put a timeline on it and then we break it down even further. We say, okay, what are the behaviors that are gonna get you to 10% body fat? Because there's, I can't just literally say, all right, I'm gonna chop off a percentage of your body fat with a tool. It's something we have to actually do with behaviors. So why would we just be looking at what the outcome is and not look at what the behaviors are and then plan around those behaviors and saying, okay, I'm going to eat 2,500 calories every single day with a 30% uh, fat, 30% protein and 40% carb or whatever the, I'm just shooting numbers out here just off the top of my head, but that's how we want to look at it or whatever the goal is. Maybe it's, Hey, I'm going to go to the gym four days a week and just be there for 30 minutes and get my exercise. It could be as simple as that, depending on what the goal is, or even to get a little deeper and I want to broaden it a little bit. Even going outside of weight loss and, and weight gain or anything like that, athletic and performance and improvement, <coughs> excuse me, overall health in general is what we want to deal with. So for some people, they may, they may be more of a, a mental health aspect to it and looking at you know where your confidence is and some things that relate to that. Or from other people, it might even be a financial health. There's other f- variables to health, right? So we want to be able to deal with everybody and their health goals. And it doesn't necessarily mean like me, myself, I'm going to do that. We've brought on more people with our team as professionals in their field and experts in their field, whether it's our doctors, our physical therapists, dietitians, actually mental health coaches, therapists, um, now talking more about even financial advisors and, and bankers and, and, and specialized in the financial world. So that's a really exciting thing that I want you guys to know that we're also looking for to be able to bring to the table is expanding overall health and what that means for you. So that's that part of it. Also, I'm really excited to welcome on it as an official sponsor and partner to the life of a fighter brand. Um, you know, I'm a big fan of on it. We've been, I've been using their products for a long time, listening to their stuff. And I'm really excited to be able to just say that we've officially signed our partnership. They're an official, uh, partner with Life of a Fighter, a sponsor of Life of a Fighter, and they're in a Life of a Fighter approved brand. So you can actually go to their shop, click on the link below. We'll have a, a updated link on our website as well under the Life of a Fighter approved brand. So that's really exciting. And then also I wanted to just touch back on Stealth Fitness Pro and online their social media is at Game Your Core. Um, it's not only been the 30-day the challenge, but I've been able to utilize it and implement it into my training after that. And I, I got to say, guys, like I can feel a significant improvement, not only in my core, but the actual composition of it. So I'm really excited to get back with uh, Dr. Reno over at Know Your Body or Get to Know Your Body here in Asheville to do my in-body scan and actually see. Because what's interesting about these in-body scans and I think the impact at Game Your Core and Stealth Fitness Pro has had on it for me doing all these planks and core work is I should see an increase in the muscle tissue in that region. So I'm really excited to see. And comparatively to my upper and lower body, my core, I think it was um, 101% muscle for my um, statistics, like where my body size and weight was at, what they would like to see for muscle tissue is at like 101% upper body and 103% for lower body because I do work that significantly more now that I think about it when I was looking back on it and my core is at like 99%. So it's actually, it could be a little bit more. So I'm curious to see how it's improved comparatively to 
all the demographics and status and data um, for that or whatever calculations Inbody's using. But it's cool just because it's an, a tangible number. It's a variable that's going to improve or decrease. And I could, I'm going to assume that's going to improve. So I'm excited to see that. And I'll keep you guys posted on that. Also, shout out to Quest Nutrition. They just sent me over uh, another box of those delicious chocolate chip cookies. Um, they're a great snack. Um, my tricky thing and, and one thing I try and even be aware of is because they're so delicious, I really could eat a whole box of them. So you still got to be aware. It's still obviously got calories and, and the, it's still going to add up to your macros at the end of the day. But it's a great option that for 250 calories, 15 grams of protein, um, what I like to do is I do that with a little bit of peanut butter or some almond milk. Um, and it's a great snack where I really am feeling like I want to have something sweet. And it's just delicious. Um, also, for all of the Asheville's here that are in North Carolina or close to Asheville, um, be sure to check out Rogue Combat Club. That's the the gym that I'm at and that I'm coaching at, and that's where we teamed up with from Life of a Fighter's Life of a Fighter approved facility. And to all the Rogue Combat Club uh, members and those that are thinking about signing up, one of the benefits that I was talking to Johnny about, the owner, is giving you guys access to our fitness and nutrition vault with your membership at Rogue. So you're gonna get a promo code. Um, reach out to Johnny or myself whenever you hear this or when you sign up you'll be getting a promo code with your sign up and it'll give you access to sign up for the fitness and nutrition vault for free it's something that we charge for usually either um, $5 a month or $60 for the year so it's just an added bonus to your membership and for any of those that don't have the fitness nutrition vault that are outside of Asheville or Rogue Combat Club just check it I highly recommend check it out just just give it a try even for that first month um Believe me, for five bucks, all the content we have up there currently, even if I just did the ebooks that we have, we have over 100 ebooks and uh, private content, just that is worth more. Um, but I thought I wanted to make it affordable and a budget for anyone's budget that could really get benefit. And then lastly, our Kawhi Fit plans. I just got another one up there. Um, we have our kickboxing intervals. So that's the newest one that I've been talking about recently. We still have our peak performance as well and our sprints to a six-packs up there. We got a couple other ones. I got a yoga one that I've been doing, a home yoga workout program. That's going to be our next one we're getting up there. And we're going to keep putting stuff up. We're going to be doing some Wife of a Fighter-themed ones as well for the female audience. Um, it's been interesting to see how our audience changes and grows and adapts, especially with talking about Lena now with the baby and Ashley having um, to go through the, the postpartum uh, aspects of even with training and what her life's been like with the past episodes. We've been seeing an increase, so we're going to keep putting stuff out for you guys, all the females listening. We appreciate you. And without further ado, that's all of our ad sponsors, good stuff, distractions, or just announcements. Let's dive right into, again, today's topic of disordered eating. So when we look at disordered eating, it's going to come in many forms that range from avoiding foods altogether to consuming a highly restricted and regimented style of diet to even um, regular or sporadic binging. So when you're not going to be doing anything to all the way to you're just going to be consuming massive amounts that you may not even be hungry anymore. It's more of just um, something that you're going to because it's either a comfort or there's other aspects to it that becomes really, really um, varied depending on the person and what's going on psychologically here. And Typically, what we're going to see is people with eating disorders aren't just having problems with food. It goes way deeper than that. Typically, what's happening is they're having problems with either their body image, with you know, just coping skills for nutritional strategies, and they just maybe are, are confused on what's going to be working. This is all they've known or seen that works, so it's a lack of information. Um, having low self-esteem, and again, that goes back to the body image thing. Having no feeling of personal identity, 
you know, or not really having a sense of um, control or you don't perceive there's any control in your life and this is just what's happening and maybe that's a form of exercising control or a lack of control. There's a lot of different variables and facets to it. And there's also going to be a lot of different symptoms you're going to see in, in people that either if you're concerned for yourself or for a loved one or for a friend or someone or just want to be educated on it. Here's a couple of things that we're going to look for going back to, again, low self-esteem, feelings of inadequacy, lack of control in life, depression, anger, anxiety, or loneliness, troubled relationships with either family, uh, friends, anything going on in your personal life, could be work, trouble expressing emotions, history of being teased about weight, history of physical or sexual abuse, cultural pressures, narrow definitions of a quote-unquote good body, and cultural norms. So again, from we look at it from a sociological stance, there's pressures from the people in the society that we live in to be a certain standard or what's considered beautiful, what's considered healthy, what's considered good, and all of these things can have an impact. Again, and we see that, and again, with the stats of 1% to 4% having these eating disorders in women that are teenaged or um, in college years, these are big things that we want to be aware of and be able to say, hey, it's okay. There's, there's not this pressure that you have to burden all by yourself. We all do feel it, and you can make a choice on how you let it affect you and impact you. Okay, and now we'll kind of look at it. Some of the different styles, not even styles, some of the different types of the eating disorders and what we're looking at with them. Because there's also going to be different risks and different potential issues, not just for the different types of eating disorders, but for men and for women. Like specifically for women, a big one has to be that we're looking at uh, menstruation if you're at that point in age, in which, again, when you're talking about teenagers and, and women in college, obviously menstruation and having your cycle is going to be something that you're experiencing. And when you're restricting foods or you're going through these different types of eating disorders, that you're going to potentially affect your, your menstruation cycles or may not even have one at all. And it may be planned. It may be for a reason, which because there's some kind of unhealthy association with it, or it may be just because of that lack of nutrition and you're not properly feeding your body that it's going through trauma. And speaking of feeding your body, part of that is not just going to be the restriction, but the then um, intake of food afterwards, which we're going to call rebound intake, which is a high intake of food after a period of restriction. And this is where we can, again, look at um, a malnutrition aspect to it because even if, let's say, you go through your restriction period for an unhealthy period of time or at an unhealthy weight or an unhealthy uh, nutrition level and then all of a sudden you're going to eat a higher caloric intake or a higher food amount, but that food can tend to be with higher levels of just sugar or uh, processed content and really not nutrient-dense foods. So again, we're not even saying or I'm not condoning that you're going to go through these restrictions in unhealthy amounts. Clearly, obviously, that I hope that's a given, but I just like to quali- uh, make that very clear. But a lot of times afterwards, we're going to eat unhealthy food choices, which is even the worst thing that you could possibly do. You're not really putting in nutrients back after been uh, starved or deprived or anything like that. So... All right, and we covered our, our stats just a little bit, so I want to make sure that was done. Now let's look at anorexia nervosa, one of these different types that I was mentioning before. Um, it's going to be defined as use of excessive exercise to control body weight that's or self-induced starvation. And usually what we're going to look at with this where it becomes alarming is when Total weight is going to be below 85% of normal body weight for, again, based off BMI and based off the stats. And again, you guys have heard me say I'm not a big fan of BMI, but for this at least, if you're below, especially 85%, 
<coughs> of what the standard would be, that's where it becomes alarming and concerning. So that's the least I could think one thing that we could say could be a benefit to having BMI is to track and look for certain cases of anorexia or, or anything like that. And again, we still have to take it with a grain of salt depending on body type activity, body fat percentage. I think that could also give us a lot there as well. And again, there's different types when we look at anorexia nervosa versus anorexia athletica. And again, nervosa is going to be a little bit more geared towards usually a restriction of calories and athletica is going to be a little bit more of an incorporation of excessive exercise to control body weight. But that's, again, they're not the only two and they're not independent of one another. They're not just, oh, you're either this or that. A lot of times it's going to be a manipulation of both. And one thing is, again, when we're talking about a restriction for food and calories and then having an impact on for women specifically the menstruation their cycle um that's a real big thing and that's going to be called again you not you guys know i'm horrible with pronunciation but we're going to go for it amenorrhea and again that's where we have an abnormal suppression or absence of menstruation so that's when we're looking at anorexia is kind of like a, a broader topic. Now let's look at bulimia, specifically bulimia nervosa. So bulimia nervosa is another well-categorized eating disorder associated with reoccurring. And what they're, what they're defining as reoccurring is at least twice a week episodes of binge eating during which the individual consumes large amounts of food and feels unable to stop eating. So, and that's part of it. Afterwards, then after the binge, another thing we have to consider is that there's going to be an inappropriate uh, compensatory effort to avoid weight gain. And part of that's going to be potential vomiting, um, laxatives, diuretics, diuretic abuse, vigorous and extensive exercise or fasting. Now, I'll give you guys a couple of examples of even from my own experience, like right now. So sometimes what I'll do is, and again, when we, that's where you could say for fighters, uh, I mentioned it before, when we look at bulimia nervosa specifically, you, you know, your, or even our anorexia, anorexia, especially depending on how certain fighters do it, they could starve themselves the week leading up to the fight, not eating, not drinking. And that could potentially, again, it's a short, acute version of it. This would be like maybe more long-term and chronic, but that's variations of it. You're building unhealthy habits. Okay. And then the other side, the bulimia aspect to it, again, eating excess amounts. So after a fight, I could totally relate to that where you're just going to go on a binge and you're just going to eat horrible shit. And again, because a lot of times, like even what I like to do and I tell fighters, is make a list of the things that you want to eat <coughs> so you kind of aren't just eating random things and you eat the things that your body has either been craving or missing. It's also psychological. It's really mostly psychological for the benefit there. So you kind of fill that need and want, but you don't eat it to the point where if it's pizza, you don't eat like three pies or, I mean, you could probably eat an entire pie, but then you're not going to eat an entire pie, a bowl of pasta, 10 chicken cutlets, a burger, like all these things back to back to back. You're going to give yourself some space to digest and all those things. But what I do see is a lot of times fighters have that hard time where they are going to binge. And then after the binge, it's then going back to, the, again, the starvation. Really where I think it becomes even more of a concern is when there's diuretics or um, laxatives involved because that's a potential dehydration and danger there. With fasting and exercise, again, excessive exercise, not just exercise, excessive exercise where you're going for 12 hours straight or something like that becomes an extreme or just fasting. And again, there's a difference between like intermittent fasting and fasting for, you know, a 12 hour window or 14 or 16 hour window because it's good for certain medical reasons, insulin ben benefit or sensitivity or things along those lines for inflammatory purposes, but then fasting for multiple days or, or unhealthy things like that. That's where it becomes really a concern. 
And then under that, for bulimia nervosa, look at just general bulimia is uh, defined as uncontrolled episodes of overeating followed by some form of purging. And again, when we look at the nervosa, the forms of purging then become more broken down, as I mentioned. And then for binge eating, when you hear this term binge eating, uncontrollable consumption of excess amounts of food in a very short period of time. So again, like I said, it would be five pies of pizza in like an hour, you know, versus doing that over a weekend's period of time where you're celebrating and you're having a good time. I'm not saying you can't enjoy yourself, but I am saying there's got to be uh, a measurement and an intention brought to that. So that's, again, we're looking at those two of the big and most commonly known. And again, there's another part to this. There's that, okay, this is what the concerns are. And this is really more, honestly, I want to talk about this to bring it to everyone's attention. I don't have this one set answer. Everyone's case is going to be different, but we do have some strategies that we can recommend and implement. And we'll kind of figured I'd go through a couple that I find to be effective and that can be helpful. So first, again, I just want to make sure it's clear. I'm not giving medical advice here. This is not for me telling you guys, this is what you should go out and do. Obviously talk to your doctors. Um, you can reach out to us. We'll connect you to our doctors and dietitians and people that we have in our network of Life of a Fighter to approved um, individuals and facilities and things that I think can be beneficial for you. And if it's not with us, we'll point you in the right direction to just do something that's going to get you or the person that you care about or loved one in that healthy state. But we'll look at a couple of different things. So with anorexia, it's generally two phases. First, a short-term intervention to restore body weight and prevent death. If it's, again, to that case, that's where we really have to make sure immediately get you back up to a healthy weight. Potentially, it's not going to be always with someone 100% on board. You kind of have to just, again, with the intervention stage, saying this is for your best interest. And hopefully, A, they're hearing it and getting it, But if not, come up with strategies, reach out to, again, medical professionals or hotlines. They have their hotlines. I'll put that information below and do what you think is best uh, and necessary for that person. Then from a long-term strategy, um, therapy is going to be really important for a psychological function and benefit to prevent relapse, but also to just look at what was the cause behind this in the first place? Why did you feel the need for this? Because usually, again, there's an underlying route to it. And that's, again, where we can have our team of... um, psychologists, psychiatrists, mental health experts uh, help you out and we can connect you with them. And then we have bulimia, which is typically treated with uh, therapy, again, psychotherapy or psychiatrist to to kind of help with anxiety or things like that. And sessions can be done over a shorter term period, but we recommend at least six months to really get down to the root cause and also look at if we do have to explore, um, which I really... Again, I leave this up to our our professionals that are in this area, but just from my understanding of it and what we discuss and what our philosophy is, we try and resort to medication as the last-ditch resort, and it's going to be the best thing for you in the minimal doses and something that's ideally not going to affect the rest of the chemistry in the body more than um, other options. But again, that's all going to be part of it. That's what's tricky about psychology and psychiatry is that when you're taking medication, it's affecting all this brain chemistry and the chemistry in your body and the biology that's happening. So you have to kind of dial it in because everyone's different. And doses, even though they can be the same doses, everyone doesn't react the same to the same dose. So it's dialing in the amounts, how your body reacts to it, absorbs to it, and then all those different things. That's why we recommend that window. And again, if you need help or you just want to kind of get more information, reach out to us. We'll help get you in the right direction. So 
I appreciate you guys listening. I know this was a little bit more of a somber one or something that maybe not as exciting, but I think it's a crucial topic that we talk about because I was talking to someone about it recently and I think just having awareness to it and something that, you know, I can relate. I I wanted to share with you guys. I could totally get this after fights and even just when I first wanted to lose weight, I probably had some certain extent of like anorexia athletica where I was still eating calories. Don't get me wrong. I was not doing a massive caloric restriction, but at 16, I was eating 2000 calories and I was 230 pounds and I should have been eating way more than that. And I was exercising every day, you know, actually maybe not. Sometimes I would take Sundays off, so six days a week, but I wasn't fueling my body to the needs that I needed to. And just the amount of exercise, even twice a day, three times a day, it would be running and then weight training and then maybe run again, or then doing swimming or doing whatever. And all these things sound good individually, but when you put it together with the amount I did and the amount of time I was doing is probably a little bit too much. So I just wanted to relate that to you guys. It's important to me because of that. And I hope it just helps however it can. So until next time, guys, and I think this week, actually, we're going to have a bonus episode, by the way. Mike Stout, professional boxer, is going to be coming on to break down the Triple G and Canelo uh, fight number two. Uh, Canelo won with a decision, so me and Mike are going to talk about that, what's going on in his life, and some other things that we're going to break down. So be sure to check that out as well. Peace, guys. So I just wanted to say thank you guys again for watching, listening, consuming that episode. If you guys enjoyed it and you haven't already, please like, uh, please comment. If you haven't reviewed, please leave a review. If you haven't followed or subscribed, please do that as well. Again, it tremendously helps us out. And then just a quick reminder, if you guys want more resources, we have them below. We have our programs, everything from free all the way up to paid and kind of everything in between. Dial in with the customization and we have more information on different programs and resources in our newsletter. So if you haven't signed up for that, do so below. It's free and that is it y'all. See you on the next one.